I have a survival guide for all of you photographers listening, and it's Pixello. Pixello is a mobile-friendly, all-in-one software that helps photographers get it done with one simple plan. Pixello wants to help you build a successful business all in one place. We all know the feeling of trying to find time to get everything done. Shoots, editing, finding time for your personal life. Well, Pixello is here to save your sanity this busy season. Pixello can help you with anything from business coaching to client booking, galleries, and more. They also have a new business mastermind program where you can take part in easy to follow classes and be a part of a very engaged community of photographers that will help you build a successful photography business. Sign up for a free Pixello trial by using the link in the episode notes. That's P-I-C-S-E-L-L-O and use the link in the episode notes for a free trial of Pixello. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So much Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I am your host, Cassidy Lynn, and today we have a great episode for you. We are talking about starting a business from scratch, like from the ground up, okay, from like nothing to something. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I think this topic is really interesting. Um, I've always been super interested in like how businesses get started and like the process and all of that. So I just kind of wanted to chat about this with you guys. If you're listening to this, I feel like you probably have like an entrepreneur brain like I do because you literally started your own business, your own photography business, or you like literally just want to start your own photography business or start your own business. So you're probably interested in this as well because it's just like a it's just a very interesting topic. So I'm very excited to dive into this. First, obviously, I have to give you guys my life updates. So let's get into it. Um, The first life update, and it's not really just my life. It's this is like my entire being as a whole. Um, I've been working on a new course for a year now, and I just released it on Friday. It is the wedding photographer course. And I I have no words for it. I, so when I was like putting the final pieces together of this course, I always go in and, you know, I like watch the whole thing as like a student, like from a student's perspective. And I watch all of it just to see like, there's anything I would change or move around or whatever. And when I was doing that, I literally was like, wow, like this is so good. Like Obviously, like I'm a little biased because it's my own course, but like genuinely the information in there, I was like, this would be so helpful for someone that's getting into weddings to have or like, you know, wants to get into weddings or if you currently shoot weddings, you want to like become a better wedding photographer It is like so helpful. So basically in the course, I go and like walk through an entire wedding day and like I hired a videographer to follow me around for an eight hour wedding day. And they basically show the wedding day from my perspective. So it shows like what I say to people and like the different poses I do and like, you know, how I get certain things to happen, whatever. It literally shows all of it where I stand, what shots I get. So 
that course is available now. Um, let's see when this comes out, I think it's still going to be at launch price. Um, I think it launch price stops on like Wednesday or something. So it's got a little bit of a deal, a little bit of a discount, but that is the first thing that is new in my life. It's a big deal. Cause I've literally been working on it for so long. So that's one thing. The other thing is we are going on a road trip again. So last year in March, we went on a road trip across the U.S. and we drove from Michigan to like all these national parks and all these places we've been wanting to go to. I think the trip was just under three weeks, but um, we're doing it again this year. This time we're doing things a little bit differently. So last year there was a little bit of drama because we have a camper and we were like, pulling a camper with our car, but like two days before we were supposed to leave the car, like wasn't working and like literally was like shutting down on us. So we couldn't take the car and we couldn't take the camper. So anyway, we ended up just, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sorry. We ended up just staying in hotels, like along our entire road trip, which ended up, I think, being more cost effective because gas was so expensive last year during our road trip. So we were able to just like stay in hotels. I booked shoots along the way. It was so much fun. So this year we're doing it again. It's for kind of our anniversary because our anniversary is on March 15th, me and my husband. Um, so we like, you know, take this little trip, whatever it's becoming an annual thing. At least I hope it is. So we are leaving on March 2nd, which is like in a couple days. And I'm basically going to become a camping queen. You know, I'm going to be the queen of the campsite. You you know, I'm going to be in the camper and this is going to be a whole new era for me, my camping era. So we are going to a few fun places. The first, I don't know if anyone listening has been here. It's like kind of near Albuquerque, like Nevada area. It's called White Sands, I think. And we weren't planning on stopping here. Like we were planning on stopping like around the area. Um, but we were talking to someone and they were like, oh, you should go to White Sands. And we looked at the pictures and we were like, if we're going to be like right there, we're going to go. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to stop there, hopefully for just like a quick look at it, admire, maybe take a few pictures, whatever. Then we're going to Zion. Um, we went to Zion on our road trip last year, but this year we wanted to stay a little bit longer, actually do like some hikes and explore. And our goal with this trip is to stay like longer in each of the areas because our trip last year was literally like two days, drive 12 hours, two days. And we were just all over the place. So we're doing like, you know, multiple days, like five or six days. And then we're only driving a couple of hours and then, you know, five or six more days. So we're trying to like really just like pick places that we really like and want to spend a lot of time in. So Zion, we're going to Phoenix, um, Joshua tree. This isn't going to be like a long thing, but like we're stopping in Joshua tree, which I'm really excited about. Um, cause like every photographer loves Joshua tree. Right. And if you don't know what that is, like literally look it up. It's gorgeous. Like I feel like you cannot take a bad picture there. Like the actual Joshua trees are so cute. Like I just love them. It's like this 
it's like desert vibes and yes, I'm so excited for it. So we're going there and then we're going to be in like the San Diego area for like about a week just cause we like the area and yeah, we maybe will surf or something. Who knows? So yeah, we're going on our road trip and if you guys don't watch my YouTube channel, fine. But if you do, I'm going to try to vlog that. We'll see how that goes. I know like <laughs> I always say I'm going to vlog something and then I don't. So we're genuinely going to try it and we're going to see how it goes. So let's get into the episode. Yeah, I'm, I've talked to your guys' ear off enough. Let's get into it. So I think like when we're talking about starting a business from scratch, I first really want to talk about like when it comes to a business, here are some things to remember. And then we're going to get into like a little bit more of this, like specific specifics. But I, I just wanted to say, cause these things have been like on my mind lately when it comes to a business and starting a business, remember and be okay with change. So remember that it's okay to change and it's okay to shift your business and to change things. That is like such a good life lesson. It's good for life in general, but it's great advice for business. So if you're the type of person that like you, you feel like sometimes you get stuck in your ways or you have a hard time when like something new comes out, like you just, you struggle with that. I really want to challenge you to be okay with the ever changing parts of business. So like, you know, there are some things that just will always change. And I feel like you just can't control it. Like marketing, marketing is constantly changing just with, you know, the new digital era. And like, even within the digital era, marketing has changed so much. So I feel like you just have to be willing to change and just be okay with change. When you are creating a business, I want to encourage you to always be looking for money-making opportunities. I think sometimes it's easy to be looking for opportunities, but not necessarily like, like you almost sometimes can get fixed on opportunities that aren't like money-making. And so I think when you have a business, keep in mind that like the goal is to make money. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that the goal for all, all businesses is to be like, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. Like, I don't think that should necessarily be your goal. I mean, if it is great, but like always keep your eyes on the money-making opportunities because I do think like the opportunities that can make you money are going to grow your business. Um, and always be looking for the next one. I think like, you know, it's important to understand that sometimes the next opportunity is going to be like better than the opportunity you currently have. So you just have to like always be on the prowl and be ready for the next opportunity and be open to it as well. Like although your senior photography business might be making money for you now and it's a great money-making opportunity, you might have an opportunity to get into weddings and like that could be another money-making opportunity for you. So I would encourage you to like, don't be afraid of those next opportunities and like keep your eyes open for them and be willing to try it. Um, my next point is literally try new things. So I feel like I say this all the time, but like you are only as like current and um, 
trendy, like as your business is, you, you want to try new things because you never know where those things can lead. When you are willing to try new things, you basically are opening the door for opportunities that might not have been there if you hadn't, you know, tried something new. You never know what a new thing can bring you to, what it can lead you to, what it can end up being. You literally have no idea. So don't be afraid to try something new and definitely don't be afraid to fail. Um, And then just do it. Okay. I know that's literally like Nike's saying. Okay. Um, But in a business, you really, you cannot be afraid to do something like just do it. I would say like, unless it's like a big, like money decision where it's like a big cost. And like, I would, I would definitely say like, if it financially is going to cost you a lot, definitely like approach it with hesitancy. Like don't just like jump into something like that. But if you want to like, I don't know, start posting more in social media and start to be more of a personal brand, literally just do it. And like, just be willing to fail or not fail. Just be willing to do something new. Okay. Um, if, especially if you're like doubting things, I think that's a huge thing. If you are feeling a little bit of doubt about an idea, I would say just go for it. Like I swear every single thing that I do, I doubted before I did it. I think I doubt literally every big decision I make, but I think in the end, even if like a decision ends up not being the best decision, like I'm glad that I tried it because I learned something from it. Okay. So we are going to talk about starting a business from scratch. I gave you like those little points of, I guess, motivation or just like strategies, but I wanted to talk like about specifically like a photography business and all of that. So first, I think it's important for you guys to know my story. Um, I've shared my story a few times on the podcast, but I know like some people are new and it's good to get a little refresher. So I'll just refresh you guys real quick on like my story and kind of how it all started. So when I was in college, that was the first time I picked up my camera. Um, not my camera, a camera. It definitely wasn't my camera at the time. And that was around 2017 that I picked up my first camera. Um, At my college, I joined the photography team there, and that's where I started to learn photography. So um, after a year of doing that, I got pretty good. I really, really sucked at the beginning. I literally had no idea like what ISO was or anything, and I just kind of thought that if I brought my camera around, I would figure it out without doing any research. So I was a little naive, but I did end up getting pretty good after about a year, and after doing that, my the college that I worked for, not worked for, the college that I went to asked me to work for them and be on staff as the leader of the photography team. So basically what I did the first year, like shooting on the team, the next year I was asked to lead the team on staff. So that's what I did. I definitely didn't feel equipped to do that or like even prepared. I didn't feel like I knew enough, but I did it anyway. Um, during that time, I got my degree in digital marketing. So I did that virtually. It was like all and it was like online classes and stuff. Um, so I was doing that while I was working 40 hours a week doing the photography team leader job. Um, at some point in there too, I also became 
like the on-staff social media coordinator for the college. So I was doing photography, like leading the photography for the college and also managing their social media. Um, Then once I started kind of doing my own shoots, I quit that job and started doing wedding photography for myself. Um, I would say that was probably like, oh gosh, I think it took me like three years. It was, I think, September of 2020 when I went full time. Um, and then in, I think like it, was it September, 2020? I think it was September, 2021 when I went full time. Yes. I think that's correct. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else feels this, but I'm so bad with dates. I cannot keep track of dates. I need to write these things down. Anyway, I ended up moving back to Michigan. So I was living in upstate New York, which was where I went to college and whatever. So I ended up moving back to Michigan. Um, at the end of 2021 to pursue my wedding photography business. I got married in 2020. So like me and Charlie moved back to Michigan at that point. Um, it was right before we moved back that I started posting like education stuff and really growing like my education side of my business. So I was, was really working on the two of those things, like photography education, but also working on, um, the wedding photography side of my business. And then, I started booking out weddings, like getting completely booked for weddings and growing an education business at the same time. So, and then fast forward, here I am today. So that's kind of like a five minute version of my story. I want to talk about things that I would redo and do the, do the same and things that I would like undo basically. So things that I would do the same and things that I would do differently. Um, the things that I would do the same one, take opportunities that stretched me. That is definitely something that I don't think I regret doing at all. And like, it's definitely something that I would do the same in the future if I were to start a business from scratch. Um, so a few things that were opportunities that stretched me, one was becoming the leader of the photography team at the college I went to. That was like something that I definitely was not prepared for. And could have leaned into my imposter syndrome and not taken the position, but I took the position and I don't regret it at all. I learned a lot about how to teach photographers. I also learned a lot about photography, like in general, like I was literally teaching myself at the same time. Um, Another opportunity that stretched me is the social media team leader. I haven't talked about this a ton, but Um, I basically was in charge of this entire college's social media, but like it was multiple social media accounts. I think it was five or six accounts and it was an opportunity that stretched me. And I learned a lot about, um, the users on social media, how users behave and like strategies and stuff like that. And I think a lot of that is really valuable. I did a lot of like experimenting, through their social media. And that's something that I couldn't really have done on my own, you know? So, cause I was almost like, you know, it wasn't my account. It was someone else's account. So, you know, I feel like you learn a lot when it's not your business. It's someone else's like you, it's kind of like you have like this precious thing in your hand and you want to make sure you do it right. That's kind of how I viewed it. Um, so that was definitely an opportunity that I would, do the same. I would take the opportunity again if I was offered it. Um, not saying, not saying I would go back and do that job, but if I was like in that position again, like I would be offered it. Um, 
what be offered it I, w- I would do it I would do it <laughs> okay um another opportunity that stretched me is doing school while working full-time that is definitely something that I would do again for sure um I think a lot of the times people are afraid to do school while they're working or like I I feel like we're really protective over our time and that's really good that's healthy but I feel like sometimes you have to be in your hustle era. Sometimes you have to overwork yourself a little bit. I don't think you have to, but I do think like, you know, I, I was working double the amount of work than anyone else was because I was doing school and work at the same time. So I was seeing double the results and I got it done twice as quick. Um, so I think that's something that I would do again for sure. Um, and then another thing that I would do again is like quitting full-time, like full-time work at my school, the school I was going to, to be a full-time photographer. That's something that I would 100% do again. Um, just because look where it led me, (laughs) you know, it's like been so fun. Another thing that I would do the same is moving my business. So I moved from upstate New York to Michigan, and I think that move actually impacted my career quite a bit. I am not from upstate New York. I don't really know a ton of people there. Um, While I was like establishing my business a little bit, it was a little bit of a touristy town. So, you know, you'd establish your name and then like the people would go back to New York city or like wherever it was that they lived. And then you'd never see them again. And like their friends who are getting married in New York city, like they'll just hire a New York city photographer. They're not going to take someone who's like all the way five hours away to shoot their wedding. So I think like moving somewhere that was more like central, like where I live in Michigan near a city and like, I know people I grew up here. So I kind of already have a little bit of a base I do think that was a good move for my business, especially because I was wanting to get into weddings and couples like that was the time to do so. And I think when you know people, especially if you're in your twenties, you know, people, you know, couples and you know, all of your friends are getting married. So if you are a photographer, there's a high chance you're going to get a lot of bookings. So I think it was a really good opportunity for my business at the time. And I'm, I'm glad that I moved states in my business. Um, some things I would do differently. One is joining the knot um, for as long as I did. So I didn't mention this in my story, but I was on the knot for three years, I think. And I kind of wish I only did it for one year. I think the first year was super valuable and like I learned a lot and got a lot of bookings. However, I think in year two, two and three, I basically could have got the bookings myself and like the money I spent in the knot, I should have put elsewhere. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that I would do differently. Um, I also would underpriced myself less often. So that's something that I did a lot at the beginning of my business was underpricing myself. And I do think there's a time and place to underprice yourself. Like if you really want like a portfolio building opportunity or like, you know, if you really want to get into destination weddings and there's someone that wants to book you for like a lower price, whatever, 
I do think sometimes you have to do what you have to do. I'm not going to ignore that. I'm not going to act like, you know, I haven't done it. But I think there are times that I would like change my mindset for pricing and for like underpricing myself because sometimes when you underprice yourself, you think like this person will only book me at an, a lower price than what I'm at now. Like it's almost like you yourself, you do not value your prices. It's not like they don't, it's like you don't even have the confidence in your prices to even say what you charge to someone. And I think like that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I wish I had more confidence in my pricing and just valued it a little bit more and didn't like sell myself short as often with like (laughs) some opportunities there. There were some times where I knew like this person probably will pay for like my normal prices. Like I'm good, whatever. But I just, I just like felt like I wasn't confident. So last minute I just go and change my prices and lower them and then send it to someone. Like you don't know if you can book a higher price point if you never charge a higher price point. And who's going to charge a higher price point for you? You. Okay. So I think that is a concept that I really would implement if I were starting a business from scratch. Like the idea of pricing yourself in a way that is valuable to you, is valuable to your clients, but also like not being afraid to price yourself a little bit higher, you know? So, um, I think something else along that line is like offering discounted sessions. I offered a lot of discounted sessions when I first started photography and there were some of them that I wish I hadn't offered like discounts or like just shot completely for free. I wish there were times where I would like stick to my guns and just be willing to ask like for for money basically, or like ask for like, Hey, can you pay me for my services? Um, yeah, that's something that I definitely would do differently. Um, and then another thing, when you underprice yourself, you tend to book more. And I, I wish I would have kept better track of my bookings as well. When I was like first starting, especially my first year or two in weddings, I just wasn't good at keeping track of what I had booked and like how many things I had booked. And then I would get to, you know, the next year and I would literally have like 30 plus weddings and I just be like so overwhelmed and feeling like I was going to burn out so bad. So I think if you can like really organize your bookings, but also like don't undervalue yourself to the point where you're booking way too much and then you're not going to have any time for anything. Um, I do wish that I would have focused more on education, like being a student in courses and master classes and stuff like that. So I definitely would recommend if you are like someone that is in like that early stage of photography, invest in a master class or a course from an educator that you know or um anything like that, especially like about business. I think like yes, it's good to learn about photography and do photography courses. But a lot of the times what people struggle with within a business is not necessarily like the art of it. It's the business of it. So like some people are great at crocheting blankets. You know, you might be an amazing blanket crocheter, but like when it comes to actually 
selling the blankets, marketing the blankets, you know, having a website for your blankets, managing the finances of your blankets, um, figuring out like what would be the next strategic move for your blankets. That I feel like is where it gets hard because business is hard. Okay. So I think a masterclass is something that I definitely would have done and would recommend doing. Um, things I would do differently, unprofessional invoices and DIY contracts. I would definitely redo that and send professional invoices and send lawyer approved contracts to people as soon as I can. Um, you know, you never know when your contract is going to save your butt, especially on those first like lower budget bookings. That's really the time that you're going to want a good contract because sometimes like if someone's a budget shopper, they're kind of willing to not follow the contract or not like keep with their word and they're willing to just be a little bit more of a hassle. So I feel like it's good to have a contract when you are working with like the lower budget bookings, that is the time to really have a professional contract in place. And then sending unprofessional invoices, like I just feel like I was accepting the most random means of payments, like Venmo, PayPal, Square, who knows, like check cash. Like I was literally doing all of it just to get the booking. And you know, sometimes you got to get that bag. Like you do it. However, there are certain ways to secure the bag that are more professional than others and just leave a better taste in your client's mouth. And the last thing that I would do differently is just like not valuing my website and branding sooner. I do feel like I lost out on a lot of bookings early on in my career because my website was a DIY website, not super great, did my own branding. I'm not like super great at that stuff. And yeah, I just felt like that was another thing that kept me from getting bookings, honestly. So I would definitely do that differently. Okay. So if I started over tomorrow and started a business from scratch, okay, here is what I would do to create a successful photography business. Here are the things. Okay. So if you've got notes, if you're taking notes, get ready, write it down. First things first, you need content. So I would schedule five shoots with families, friends, models, whoever, um, do keep in mind your niche and like what niche you want to go with. But I would definitely start with creating the content. The second thing in the topic of content is booking content days and, you know, attending content days. So, um, buying a ticket to a content day or a workshop or a retreat, whatever. Um, just so it's like a little bit more professional and like curated and it's going to be really good for your portfolio. Highly, highly, highly recommend that. Okay. Um, so that would be the first thing that I would do if I was, if I was starting from scratch, then I would start an Instagram. And when you start an Instagram, I would say have at least like nine posts, like in your feed already. Um, just so people have something to look at and it's not just like, Oh, here's a blank Instagram. Um, definitely have posts in your feed first. Um, and then also like create a TikTok account as well. So those are the two things. When you do that, 
have a good headshot of yourself to put as your profile photo. Like, I don't want to see like some random photo of you and your dog and like it's kind of far away or I don't want to see like this just like photo that doesn't show your face. I want to see your face with your camera and like I want to see you smiling or I just want to be able to tell that it's you. Okay. So that's something that I would definitely have on my Instagram right away. Right. When you set it up before you even go in, tell people to follow you. Like that's what I want to see. Then you're going to create a basic website. Um, and the basic website just needs a contact form pricing and like your portfolio and maybe like where you're located. This is like starting from scratch. So obviously at some point you would upgrade this, but like truly when you are starting a business, from scratch, you don't really need an incredible website right away. You want to see if you can even get traffic there in the first place. Okay. Like there's no point in like making this incredible website if you're not going to get any traffic to it. So you kind of have to work in tandem with like social media to build up your social media while you build up your website at the same time. So as your social media grows and gets more professional and more curated and more followers, then your website is also going to become more professional and more curated towards what your audience is interested in. So you kind of start with like this basic bare bones website when you start a photography business and then you really just work your way up to like a more, um, like I said, curated or more specific website. You know, you, you have more specific topics you're talking about, you know, what your clients want to hear. Okay. So you've got a little bit more experience. That's kind of what you're doing with your website. So the next thing that I would do is I would find a really good base preset. So after you go and do, you know, your five shoots with friends, family, whatever you do a couple of content days, get a preset that's quality, that is trendy or is trendy and, or matches the style that you like. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that you need to have a trendy edit. However, to grow, like trends do help you grow. I'm not saying you can't grow if you have like a dated editing style, totally your preference. However, a lot of clients favor trendy styles and trendy things. So just keep that in mind. Finding a good base preset, 100% essential. That is something I did not do in my business and wish I would have done sooner. The sooner you can have that consistent style and like that consistent wow um, the sooner that you're going to book more and people can know what to expect from you. I do think it's going to help your bookings a lot. If you can get a good base preset. Um, then once you have your content, start posting the crap out of it. Okay. You're going to start posting on Instagram, on TikTok. You're going to be using location specific hashtags. And along with that, you are also going to be posting your face and communicating to your audience. Here's my work, but here's my face. I'm the owner behind the business right now in business, in social media, in, in life in general, we are obsessed with people and like personality. I think it's always been like this. Like if you have an interesting personality, if you have like, you know, an interesting, just if you're just an interesting person, like it is going to lead to 
a business if you turn it into a brand, if you turn your personality into a brand. With that being said, I think that that 100% applies to a photography business, especially because photography is so intimate and involved and like, it's a very vulnerable process for your clients. So they want to see your face and they want to know what it's going to be like to work with you. So as you are starting your business from scratch, um, we're going to be posting on social media, our work, but also our face. And we're going to really work on tying the two together. Um, after you get this is for wedding photographers specifically, but after getting one wedding under your belt, that is the point when I would try to get on the not or Zola. And I kind of hesitate when I say that because it's just like, it's a sticky, the, their business is just like sticky. Like it just feels sometimes icky, like the not and Zola, like paying for visibility feels gross. However, I have seen within the first year of a business that being beneficial. Um, I haven't seen it be very beneficial past the first year, but you know, I, I do think within the first year it is helpful. So that's something that I would do if I was starting my business from scratch, I would probably spend a year on like a paid site like that. Um, right away I would get HoneyBook and I would start creating automations and systems. So when I do get inquiries and when I do start posting on social media and pushing people to my website, then when I get the inquiries, I know how to handle them. Right. And I, I'm able to kind of set up systems so I'm not overwhelmed. Basically I, I just think that automations are so, so, so fun and it's it's like you get to choose how someone experiences your service. And I think that's a very unique aspect of running a business. So I would get HoneyBook, create automations, create systems. I would go to local businesses and ask them if they want photos of their business. Ask them if they want free photos. They can use them for marketing. Um, and I would do this with the intention of like, not being sleazy and weird about it, but just being kind and wanting to offer something to a business, go to businesses that you think could potentially benefit your business. So like a hair salon would be great for wedding photographers because, you know, people getting married, go to hair salons, um, stuff like that. So kind of have that intention in the back of your mind And then like the businesses that you think would be good connections for you to have in the future, reach out to them and just create genuine connection with them. Um, And the last thing I would do if I started my business over from scratch is I really would push that face to face, Um, whether it's on social media or whether it's FaceTiming or doing Zoom calls with potential clients or willing, being willing to meet up with them face-to-face in person, sending video messages on Instagram or, um, voice messages and stuff like that. I would really, really focus on that. It's going to help you solidify your brand, but it's also just going to like, it's going to solidify someone wanting to work with you. I really feel like this confidence of like, I'm willing to take a video of myself and show myself to you and talk to you through a camera or in person, I think that really shows like qualities of a business owner that 
people want to work with. Like that is the type of person that people want to work with. Someone that takes charge and isn't afraid to take charge. Like that, that's what people are looking for. So here are the biggest key items for a successful business. Okay. Number one, being yourself and being authentic. You hear this all the time. It's probably like at this point, like you're like, okay, that's enough. I've heard enough. And honestly, sometimes I feel like that too. I'm like, that is so cliche, but there's a reason that cliche sayings are cliche. And there's a reason people say them so much. It's because they're true. Okay. So in a business right now, being authentic is your best bet. It is the key to success. If you look at anyone, Emma Chamberlain, um, if you look at, oh goodness, why am I not? I cannot think of literally anyone right now. Um, Emma Chamberlain or like Noah Schnapp. Um, you know, these people who are on social media and they're just being themselves. They're like, they've got a fun personality. They're being goofy. I guess like Noah Schnapp is not a good example because he's, he's an actor. So he's known for his acting, but like Emma Chamberlain is a good example or, um, anyone who is like a YouTuber turned celebrity or TikToker turned celebrity, Jenna Kutcher, like there are people who just started with their personality and maybe like a little bit of a brand, but for the most part, just like being genuine and authentic. And that turned into having a successful business. Um, I want you, as you're listening to this, I want you to think of ways that you can intentionally show your face. And I want to emphasize intentionally So you can show your face all you want and you can, you know, talk about random stuff. Like here's my, me and my dog, here's me grocery shopping. Here's what I'm wearing today. Like you can do all of that. However, I want you to do it with intention. So at the end of the day, what is your intention with showcasing grocery shopping and your dog and what you're wearing? Like do everything with intention. So like maybe you're showcasing what you're wearing because eventually you're going to start to show what to wear to shoot weddings, you know, like that type of thing. Um, so I think it's all about having intention when you are showcasing your face and being like, here's me, I'm the brand, be intentional with it. Those are the most successful creators and content creators, photographers, business owners are the ones who create content, but always have intention behind it. So like, for example, like random TikTok accounts. Like there's literally like, I don't know, like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think. I think I've seen like, um, like lawyers, like a law firm post TikToks and they're like funny and stupid, but what's the intention behind it? It's brand visibility and it's brand awareness. Um, at the end of the day, you're trying to get clients and bookings from those videos although you might not even like realize that's what you're doing. Like that's what you're doing. So be intentional with how you're showing your face and why you're showing your face. Um, remember that relationships build customers. So for the most part, I don't feel like these huge celebrities that like have really no relationship with their fans. They don't really have like super loyal customers, I guess like a little bit, but I really feel like, the people that turn relationships into customers and like 
focus on building relationships through like replying to DMs and replying to comments and, you know, replying to stories and like, you know, being willing to talk to people. I feel like that is the key to building a good customer base. You know, there are celebrities obviously that have exceptions to that. Like huge celebrities are just going to have huge fan bases regardless. And people are going to be willing to buy from them regardless. That's just how it goes. But I think because we're not celebrities, we're literally just like photographers over here. That relationship aspect is so key for building up your customer base. Um, And then the last key for success, my little tidbit of knowledge for you guys. Um, If you see something that's succeeding in your business, please focus on that. If you made it this far in this episode, like I want you to take this as the main takeaway. I should have said this at the beginning of the episode, but I didn't. If you see something that is succeeding, focus on that. There is no better way to tell if something is doing well than to like literally see it doing well and then to continue to put effort into it. Like the only way to know if something is doing well is to continue to like put effort into it and to see it perform. You need to observe how things are performing, how things are succeeding or not succeeding. And then whatever is succeeding, put more effort into it so that you can continue to see success. And maybe that's going to help it grow exponentially. Don't keep dumping time and energy into things that are not succeeding. Like you cannot continue to do the same thing over and over again. That's failing. Like Unless you're, there is that one story about the guy who invented, isn't it the guy who invented the light bulb who like kept trying or like electricity maybe. And like, he just kept trying over and over again. He kept failing. And then finally he got it. That does happen. Okay. So if you're like Albert Einstein or whoever, just like, don't listen to this. But sometimes if you fail over and over and over again, sometimes keep trying. Other times it's a sign that you need to try something different. Okay. If you are someone that is able to see like, oh, I'm getting tons of inquiries from Instagram, but I'm getting no inquiries from Facebook, but I put equal time and energy into both. Stop putting as much time and energy into Facebook and shift that energy into Instagram. What works will continue to work as you put more, more effort into it. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about really quickly is starting a podcast from scratch. So I talked about starting a business, but starting a podcast is a little bit different. And I do get a few questions about this. So we're just going to talk about it real quick. So why, why are we starting a podcast? Um, I do feel like podcasts are a great way to build that relationship. Like I mentioned earlier, the best customers are the ones that start with like the relationship part of it. So I think a podcast is really good in relationship building and it's really good long form content. Like my idea with the podcast is like, I'm putting these little snippets out on TikTok of like, you can learn this from me. You can learn this from me. And it's 15, 30 seconds, whatever. But like sometimes people want to learn from you and they want it in a long form content, you know, like they want like a longer way to learn from you. That isn't like quick flashes on the screen of text. Like I think it's, I think it's really, really valuable to have long form content of some sort. So, um, yeah, that's kind of why you would start a podcast. Um, also if you just want 
want to start one and have you, you have a lot of say, oh my gosh, I can't talk. If you just want to start one and you just, you have a lot to say, start one. Okay. How do you start a podcast? If we're starting from scratch, um, you do need a little bit of like a brand and you need a little bit of a buildup as well. So definitely like have some fun with the launch, build it up, tease it a little bit. Um, as far as like technicalities, obviously like you need a mic and, um, have like this audio interface that I use and basically you just host your podcast on like a podcast hosting site and distribute it out to all the different platforms. Um, and I think the key with the podcast is consistency, whether it's once a month or three times a week, you need to be consistent with it. Um, and another like setup for podcasts is also like doing seasons. So you could do like, Oh, season one, season two, season three. And you know, they're consistent for like eight weeks and then you take a little break and then you do eight more weeks or something like that. Um, I think that podcasts are worth it. If you have something that someone can buy that relates to the podcast. Um, I think as photographers, it's hard because, I just don't know if like a wedding podcast would be that successful. I guess I don't know of any wedding podcasts. Maybe it would. If you're listening to this, maybe you should start a wedding podcast. Um, But like, you know, an elopement podcast or like a senior podcast, like a portrait podcast. I just don't know how successful that would be. Um, the thing with podcasts is like, it can't be too niche. Otherwise you run out of things to talk about. So, um, I almost feel like if you're a photographer listening to this and you want to start a podcast, talking about your niche would be good. So like weddings would be good. Um, or if there's something that you feel like you're really good at, um, that would be something to talk about like posing or whatever. Um, but it's good to keep it broad. Like with podcasts, the key is keep it broad, but keep it on a subject ish. Um, so people know what to expect from you, but you still have a little bit of wiggle room and you can still have fun with it. Um, okay. That was very random to talk about a podcast, (laughs) but I, I do get like a lot of questions about it. So I just wanted to mention that like for anyone listening, that's interested in maybe starting a podcast as you're listening to mine. Okay, guys, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and learned something. Um, Have a great rest of your day. And thanks again for listening. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment or keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in. So much clearer